Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley. Joining me, as always, is my co-host... Garrett K. Jones. How's it going, everybody? Well, it is going great here. And we, Garrett, are joined by a very special guest. You know him. You love him. He's the former co-host here at War of the Stars. Always great to have him back. Will, a.k.a. Darth Tuba. Will, how are you today, sir? Tabuite. I am doing fantastic. Right, sons, everybody? Hope you're all doing well this fine fall morning or morning morning that's where that's where my brain is uh yeah. evening feels like morning. yeah yeah there you go Big it's time. a bit warm here actually we've got up into the 80s uh oh, here in Illinois, just, so. we're getting that warm weather later this week but uh it's been it's been cooling down so but that's all right i like the crisp fall i prefer that anyway so well, we asked Will to be here because today Will recently was on the had the opportunity to sail, fly, travel on the Galactic Scar Cruiser uh, at Disney. Uh, Disney, um, and we're just here to talk about his experience with that and kind of look at how how that worked and maybe look at what Disney did right, what you know mistakes that might have been made. Um, and what eventually caused the it to uh, shut down uh, to 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 not not succeed in the long run, and also we're here to talk to Garrett because Garrett had the opportunity to see it was was it Empire, yeah, Empire Strikes Back in concert on Saturday. Mm. That's awesome. I love the in concerts. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so let's just start right off the bat, uh, Will, with your experience on the, um, the, the Galactic Star Cruiser. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> first of all, uh, as, and I, and I'm trying to remember when I was last on the show. Uh, um, it was the, uh, anniversary show, I believe. Okay. Well, you, okay. And then May. All right. And then before that, was it? Christmas. Christmas. Okay, so 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 I did share on the on the podcast how I was originally my wife and I were originally to be going uh, on the Halcyon in early November, about a year ago, mm-hmm. and we were there. We got down there. We were ready to do it, and Hurricane Nicole had other plans, and they canceled it and rescheduled it for us at half the price for July. Uh, so we were, I already had it rescheduled and, and this time because of the half price, we were able to bring our daughter along and our couple friends that we were going with were able to bring their three children along. They're all fully grown children, but we, um, so first of all, out of the gate, I want to say thank heavens for, um, you know, bad news that happens sometimes because it turned out to be 10 times better having all of the family of two families together. There were eight of us in this group and uh i can tell you flat out that right out of the gate was an amazing experience to share this with them not all um you know uber star wars fans um but just adventure seekers i would say and you know my wife and i were definitely more prepared in the sense of understanding what was going on we had watched some of the videos that people have shared about the halcyon 
and uh, we were ready to do it and we had started crafting backstories they did that as well in fact some of them went way deep into backstory they were doing like you know we're talking serious like larping here they were going crazy with their backstories we just kind of came up with you know just a, a a home planet that we're from and what we used to do what we what we're doing what what we do for a living just so that we'd have conversation that we could share with the people that are on the halcyon Mm-hmm. But um, for out of the gate, let me just tell you, it was bar none the greatest entertainment experience that Disney has ever created. And it was from the moment we were dropped, we pulled in to the moment we were gone. It was in a it, it transcended Star Wars fandom. That's the best thing I can tell you. We walked in there, <laughs> Star Wars fans. We came out fans of the Halcyon, fans of this community that is now a very elite community of small a small group of community i think they said about seventy five thousand people have done it Mm. and it is so amazing i will do my best to give you some of the things about it i mean i would suggest you know watch the videos um watch the videos that are out there uh they they do they really do a, a decent job painting the picture of what's going on but it isn't it even pales in comparison to when you're actually there. Um, I mean, now, out of the gate, I'm going to tell you flat out, there are a lot of people that I, I, I listen to no complaints about this from anybody who didn't do it. And I listen to no complaints about anybody who didn't do it because they wish it was original trilogy characters. That had no bearing on this whatsoever. Because so much of the action and so much of what was going on were newly created characters that could have easily been in the original trilogy era or the prequel era or the sequel era. It doesn't matter because they were new, they were new characters. And I think that was the smartest thing that they could do because, you know, you're, when you're, when you're doing this thing, you're there, you're telling your story, you're acting out and being taken part in your own story and you can maneuver any way you want and how you want. And I mean, so much of it, I, you know, just from the moment you get there, you're in, you, you go through, they don't, they don't take you in and just take you into the atrium. You board a ship that takes you up, you board a shuttle and it takes you up to the atrium and, and it's just, you're, you're just living this experience. And they were very, very faithful to keeping that story going. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing how they could make this be something that, you know, there were eight of us on our group. And some of some people in it were extremely active and took part in as many different adventures and many missions as they could. And other people like me, who were very knowledgeable about Star Wars, but were not so much introverted, but just, you know, wanted to kind of observe some, act out a little bit, then observe some more, then act out some more. And and then there were some that were very introverted and just kind of took a backseat and watched the whole thing just play out. And just participated more passively as if they were watching a film or a play. And everybody had the same thing to say that it was just amazing. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, and jump in if you have any questions, guys. I'm just going to just keep rambling. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, but, one uh, of the questions I had, Will, was the, um, like the scheduling. Cause like I, from what I heard is that the schedule that you, of like when you, do things and stuff like that it's very tight um was that, well, that a bit of an issue i mean there i mean it tight in the sense that you can't do everything 
you know, and that's why there were a lot of people, by the time we got to the closing day, there are people that mm -hmm. traveled and did this three, four, five times. So one person I think did it 12 times. All right. That's crazy. In my opinion, that's a little bit much, but the reason they, they were so into it because they wanted to just try all these different paths. <laughs> but if you go in with the correct, what I feel is the correct mindset of you're not doing everything. Let's let, let some of this come your way. You know, how comfortable are you with doing it? Um, you, I didn't feel rushed at all. I felt like, okay, like you get it. You, you know, let's first talk about this. You get your data pad, which essentially is a, is a play app that Disney puts out for other things too. But there was a special one for the Halcyon and that would include, let me just see if I can quickly bring up, um, that would include uh, some of the things that you, you know, you would do, you know, you would actually like have a schedule. I don't know if you can see this, but here's like a schedule and it would show you the things that you had on your schedule for that day, like lunch buffet. It was almost like going on a regular cruise ship. I was about uh, to ask it, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much like that. You had a muster at the beginning that you do on a cruise ship, except this muster they very cleverly had a few things that happened throughout the the, the evenings that mm -hmm. you had to go to so that you could see stories, parts of the story of, of, a, of a general big story play out. But then your whole time was filled with different missions. And the thing is that you had would have conversation with the different members. Like I'll tell you how some of the things I got involved with. Um, the whole place is just a giant playground for you to kind of walk around and push everything, touch everything, try everything. But here's where I got my first my first mission. We were walking around and just exploring the ship. And we came to a door. It turned out to be engineering. But it was locked. It was shut. And, my, and I had no way of opening the door. Somebody was in there. And the door opened because they were getting out. So they, I, I stepped back. And they were on the like six or seven people left engineering. And the door is slowly sliding shut. And I just kind of stuck my foot to block the door. And I opened it up. And I said to the whole gang, quick, quick, go in, go in, go in. So we go in and we walk into the engineering. And we're playing with engineering. And the, the, the cast member there was like, oh, I wasn't expecting anybody. And they had to pivot because we snuck in. And that's how I had my first mission. But here's what happened. About, say, 15 minutes later, I get a text from one of the characters on it on on the ship saying hey i noticed that you like going places you don't belong uh, if that is indeed the case i may have a, a job for you why don't you come and meet me over by the uh cargo hold at you know o 200 or whatever it is so yeah. not o 200 that'd be 2 a.m but <laughs> 2200 um so that's kind of what happens like you know essentially it's just this whole thing where your interactions you know get recorded and then that turns into these texts that you receive these data messages that you receive from the different characters and what's really cool is the actors that play the characters right i, I keep jumping in and out of real world and, and and in the story but the actors that play the characters they look you know not every character that plays say the main character of captain keevan who's the captain of the ship not every actor looks like the same they all have a similar look but they're different well when i got text throughout the mission from captain keevan it was the captain keevan the picture was of mm -hmm. our captain keevan so that really helped us not only to 
you know, kind of feel like they're really communicating with us, even though it probably was just kind of done by an algorithm. But it allowed us to, you know, remember who everybody is and learn the names fast. And that really worked really well. Yeah. So it was, I mean, and, and again, I felt like it was, in fact, there was a point in the middle of the first day, I was so exhausted that I had to go back to the room just for like 20 minutes and just lay in the room, relax. And then we did that. And then we got back up and we, you know, got ready for dinner, you know, and did that. But um, the, the bridge was, you know, you walk everywhere you walked. It was like the bridge. There was essentially the bridge. There was a sublight lounge, which is like the bar area. There was the crown of Corellia dining room. As I said, there was a cargo hold engineering. There was a lightsaber training room. Um, there was a thing called a climate simulator, which was awesome because that was the one space that was actually had an open air, you know, it was a climate simulator. In real life, it was a room that had an open ceiling to the sky. Mm-hmm. So because the whole place is inside and there were no windows, it's all out in space, right. all digital screens. So, you know, there might be a little bit of claustrophobia going on if you're if you're not used to that. So you can go to this space and just kind of sit, even if it's raining, you know, you walk in, as long as it's not thunder yeah. and lightning, you can be out there in the rain. And because there's a covered part of it, so you could just sit out there while it's raining and just kind of be like, "This is so weird," but whatever. Um, and then, of course, there's a gift shop, and there's the shuttle and the main atrium, and when you get and, and the waiting area outside when you are first waiting to go in. No, there aren't that. You know, there are, and of course, the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Were you able to kind of suspend how uh, suspend your disbelief once you got out and be like, "I'm on a spaceship," or did you ever have the time where you're like? Okay, I know I'm just in a building. That's for, that's. Uh, in terms of the ship itself, the hotel, the not the hotel. Never going to say the word hotel. The uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. No, yeah. there was never a need to suspend. It just it felt like you were there. You felt your like room, you were okay. Your your bedroom. There was a window out to space, and it actually when when they went to hyperspace at the bridge. Mm-hmm. And you happen to be in your room. You went to hyperspace. It was all coordinated. Everything, yeah, and everything was synchronized. There was even a map. Like there are two things. There's a screen that is your window to the space, out to space, and then there's another screen that was kind of showing you your your path, um, your path where you were on your on your cruise. Um, you you know, we took advantage of everything that we could. Uh, and in doing like there, there were big things like lightsaber training and bridge training. Those were huge. You did not want to miss them. And it was funny because my are the people that we were with, they were doing some small mission and they were going to miss bridge training. I was like, guys, get in here. You're not missing bridge training, you know, because <laughs> I know it's fun to talk to one of the characters and they want a lot of like some of the missions that the characters would have was like, you know, offering distraction. So they would get they would get guests to do silly funny things like do line dancing or do a fake proposal or something to call attention to other characters so that there'd be something kind of going on over here essentially what the the way the the main story was that this crown of or sorry this uh corellia not crown, crown of corellia sorry the um galactic star cruiser the halcyon was uh celebrating its 275th anniversary of its maiden voyage and they were repeating the voyage that they did 275 years ago. While they're getting ready to disembark on this, the First Order shows up. And a, and a lieutenant, Lieutenant Croy, comes out. And 
he boards the ship and he basically says, uh, there's been some suspected resistance activity and we've decided we're going to have a garrison, leave a garrison here and I will be here with the garrison and we will um, monitor things and see what's going on so I can report back to my superiors. So they're on, on the ship and he and these two stormtroopers are there and as the ship travels and as the things are going on, the way the story unfolds is that he's becoming more and more suspicious and things has happened throughout the voyage. Sometimes you witness it, sometimes you don't, but it all kind of, you know, uh, kind of boils down, boils over into them saying, that's it. There's stuff going on because the, you know, unbeknownst, unbeknownst to that, to Lieutenant Croy, but known to us, uh, the, um, the, the, the captain of the, of the ship and the crew of the ship are essentially resistance. They're, they're helping the resistance. So they are uh, doing that in, in general. And you can choose to help them. Or you can choose to report them to the First Order. Interesting. Is, or you could be kind of a rogue and go both ways. And go and flip back and forth. You know? So it, it's kind of cool the way you do it. And the more you kind of hang out with Lieutenant Croy and the First Order Troopers, the more text you receive, the data messages to do missions to help them. The more you hang out with Captain Keevan, uh, Lenka Mock is the um, cruise director, and you talk with them. There's Sammy, who's also, who's like the, he's a kind of a bumbling engineer, but he's more than what he seems. He's, a, he's actually a resistance guy. Um, it, it, I can't even tell you. It's just the, the stuff you, you get, you get emotionally attached to these people. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Did you ever encounter anybody who operated as a double agent where they said that they were resistance or they were first order and they actually flipped? I not directly, but I, I did, I did witness from afar, from a distance of that. Okay. Uh, and you'd be people that would be shouting you know, early on. They're like, I'm with the resistance. And then by the end of the night, end of the second day down up or sorry, long live the first order or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, they just kind of have fun with that. Um, but uh, so anyway, the, the, as the story progresses, there are things that go on that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you definitely are starting to understand that this is really a resistance ship because none other than Chewbacca shows up and your, some of your missions are distracting Croy and the troopers so that we can smuggle Chewbacca out of the atrium or smuggle him out of the dining room so nobody sees him. But eventually he does get captured and then he gets put in the brig. Oh, yes, by the way, there's a brig too. And that's you know, cool. You can, yeah, you can break him out of the brig and, it, you know, and you can lock the stormtroopers in the brig. You know, there's a really cool droid. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to remember the name of the droid. Where is the name of the droid? Ah. SK six two zero, I think. Yeah, SK six two zero is the uh, droid. It's like an R two unit, and he becomes, you know, embroiled in all this. He gets a restraining bolt put on him, and he gets locked away. But then he gets let go. It it's it just there's this crazy stuff, but culminating with the with Ray showing up with the Falcon to get Chewie, and also to get to get a Jedi holocron that some people find. Uh, on Batu when they're on a mission to Batu, and Kylo Ren shows up. There's this epic battle that I'm not kidding, a live epic battle, kind of on the upper level mm -hmm. that is so well choreographed it rivals what they did in the movies. These, really? these actors, I'm not kidding. Well, watch it. Go on to YouTube. You can see it. You can see what they've done. I mean, you know, I mean, it, you got to imagine though, being in the space live with the sounds, 
being mm-hmm. so much louder than what a microphone can pick up. And you get, you know, it's just incredible what they were doing and the effects that they were able to achieve. And, you know, essentially, remember, this takes place between uh, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. So they obviously can't, like, kill Kylo Ren, but they do work it out with the new characters that they kind of get the, you know, they they get the the Lieutenant Croy and the Stormtroopers get kicked off the ship and they have to report back to their superiors and... You know, this I don't want to give too much away because even watching it on YouTube is a lot of fun. So, nice. uh, but I can tell you that the characters, I mean, there are literally, we went through it. Like, you have Captain Keevan, you have Lanka Mock, you have Sammy, the engineer, you have Lieutenant Croy from the First Order, you have the Stormtroopers, you have this scoundrel kind of lovable rogue named Wraith Cole. All right. You have who who's the agent uh, who represents the, the galactic superstar Gaia. Who's singing at the uh, at the at the dining room, but is also you know hint hint secretly part of the resistance, and her assistant performer accompanist Wani, who's a who's a Rodian, an amazing Rodian mask with full articulated features, talking to you in Hatties, just like Greedo, and you just have a conversation. You have no idea what they're saying, but you just the way she her mannerisms and the way she talks to you. You are like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, we just start having a conversation, making stuff up because you don't want to not talk to her. That's cool. Um, there's another yeah. character, like a you at first you think it's a guest, but because he kind of roams around like everybody else, but he kind of has a guitar with him or a space guitar. And he's called Sandro, and he's kind of a um, you know, like a little like a troubadour kind of thing. Uh, there is this group of religious folk zealots i guess you could not zealots but are kind of religious sort of religious quasi-religious group called the saja who uh-huh. basically they're similar to like think of from rogue one Bays and chariot like oh, guardians of uh, the wills they're like yeah. that they they have yeah. like they they appreciate the jedi like a really like from a religious aspect and then of course you've got chewy ray kylo ren um, the Halcyon servers and chemists and crew that are on the ship are all amazing cast members and crew members and actors that take part in this. They're moving you around. They're doing stuff with you. And it's absolutely mind-boggling how you how well it can work and do, and how much you can do without feeling like you're overwhelmed. Um, you can try. You know, we had one member of our crew of our eight people that. He has some ADHD, mm-hmm. and this place was perfect for him because he never got bored. He would work mm-hmm. on one mission, then another mission, then another mission, then another mission. He did so many missions, everybody thought he was a cast member. <laughs> it was great. We were like, you know, he, they even let him do the muster, like check-in. It was hysterical. So nice. he was fantastic. The rooms, nice. the cabins that we stayed in were far bigger than any uh, cruise ship cabin I've ever stayed in. Uh, and they were very nice, and the bunk beds were really cool. Our daughter stayed in one of the bunk beds. It was just, you were in this space, and even at night when you were so tired and all you wanted to do was go to sleep, you know, and we did. You know, there are people that would stay up until, like, 3 a.m. and just roam the ship, and then they would go to sleep for, like, two hours. We couldn't do that, you know. No, we had to sleep, but we slept, and then we got up the next day, and we had, uh, and let's talk about the food. I mean, it was all, if you've ever been to Galaxy's Edge, 
in in Disney World. It's it's, it's it's an it's you got to get there. It's an amazing amazing place. Uh, if I could live there, I would. The food there is spectacular, but the food in the Corona Corral. Let me just say this: I hope that some of those dishes find their way into Galaxy's Edge because they did an amazing job both nights. There was like a kind of a formal night the first night, and it was I think it was a buffet style formal night and then the next morning you're having breakfast and there's pastries and there's different types of eggs and print and they have waffles but of course not mickey waffles they have halcyon waffles with the little logo like the one i have right right here okay and then they had um you know fruits and everything and and oh you could have blue and green milk in a dispenser so you didn't you know you could just as much of it as you wanted um their coffee was really good too and then on the second night you would go for dinner and they had like foods around the galaxy. So you would, it would, they would come out and it would be a whole presentation. Like this is the first thing is from Kashyyyk from the Wookiee planet. And then there'd be something else from, you know, Naboo or something. And they would bring this special food and it was weird. You know, they had blue shrimp and they had some, some pretty spicy stuff too, but it was so good. I couldn't even tell it. I couldn't even, uh, it was, it was crazy. And then that's the stuff that came with the price. You could also get, some really cool snacks and alcoholic beverages at the sublight lounge. Honestly, we didn't partake in that. It's my one regret. I wish that we had um, gone there at least for part of the time and ordered a whole spread of food and drinks just to indulge and say that we had, because that's the one thing we didn't do. And we kind of missed out. Um, uh, so, Cause I'm kind of a big foodie. Will what, as far as like what you ate food wise, what was what was the best item you had for lunch, breakfast, dinner? Oh gosh! Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. That was the one thing we didn't like write down. But <laughs> I can tell you that um, the best thing I had for breakfast it was it was just the um, they had this really cool like it was it was I, it only be described as like an otherworldly omelet, and it was kind of like a like a like an egg and cheese thing that was kind of with with some bacon yeah. on the inside of it. It's kind of wrapped, but it just tasted so good. Um, for lunch, um, I'm trying to think what I ate the first day. I think the first day we were kind of eating fink. Well, they had this really cool thing. It was like a, called a nut butter. Um, basically it was like a peanut butter and jelly pod and, but it was a nut butter. It was, it was like a sunflower butter instead okay. of a peanut butter, but it was so good. It had this really cool, t- like a raspberry type of jam or something. And then had this kind of a sweetened thing over top. So it is like a sweet roll. The, it, you know, it would seem like such a simple thing, but it was really, really, uh, really good. Um, the the stewed bantha, which is basically like a, um, I guess you could say it was a, in our world, it would taste almost almost like a filet mignon, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. That they brought that out the second night for dinner, and that was just unbelievable, unreal. Like you know, cut it with a fork kind of kind of thing. So like, and then there was a lot of finger foods in there. They had these cute little. Like rice, like raspberry flavored rice krispie treats. They had a lot of snacks that you could just munch on and grab on your grab and go. Um, you could, you know, your second day that you were there, it included the trip included a ex, an excursion to Batu. Mm-hmm. So you would go to this docking port on one part of the ship, and then you would get into this this shuttle, and the shuttle would take you to Batu, and you would get out. And that was great because they would have in the little tunnel area, you would have unlimited Dasani bottle water. You would have 
cold, cool towels to, you know, wipe yourself down. You can go back anytime to grab them. And then when you're done, you just go back to the tunnel and they'll take the shuttle back. I will say, Mark, you mentioned about getting taken out of yeah. the, um, of the of, experience. Of experience. Yeah. There one time that happened. Um, and that was coming back from Batu. For whatever reason, there might have been an issue. The, the, the shuttle, quote unquote, that took you from the Halcyon to Batu was, in fact, a box truck. And mm -hmm. it was all decked out on the inside to look like a right. cruiser or like a shuttle. And you'd get yeah. in the shuttle and the voice of the pilot, who was like another droid, kind of talking to you about things you can do while you're in Batu as you go. And it took like four minutes to get there, five, three minutes to get there. So when we went back, we just we were waiting to go what we thought was going to be back on the shuttle to go back to the Halcyon Star Cruiser. And they didn't do that. Instead, they took us around the other way and we ended up going backstage. And there was just a good old fashioned Disney bus. And we put the Disney bus and they drove us backstage and we pulled in. They pulled us right up to the front entrance and we went in and then kind of hung a right. Or left, I figured it was a right or a left, and we ended up going through the cargo hold, and then we were back on the ship. It was very weird. We're not sure why they did it. Probably because they were they were having trouble with the truck, um, or or maybe there was I don't know. It could be anything, but yeah. it took me out of it for roughly five minutes. Okay, and then I was, that's I was the other thing the I was going to ask about. Um, you know, it obviously seemed like it was an amazing experience. Were there any negatives? Were there anything that you either said, I wish they would have done this, or I wish they wouldn't have done that, or, Personally, you know. My only negative is that they closed it. That's my negative. Thing I, I tell you what talk about is. We, we would have, we would have, I mean, I'm not even done. I got to tell you about another thing. Oh, okay. That, and before we, before we start talking about the closure and everything else, uh, another crazy thing was there was another character I didn't mention, and this was another droid. Name is D309. And this droid existed in your room on the screen. And you could you want to talk about amazing like AI technology. This droid would I would do missions in my room with this droid. I was negotiating to get a safe passage past some you know asteroids that were owned by some hut, you know, somewhere. And I was like doing this through D D309. D309 was singing us lullabies at night before bed. D309 told us the story of Star Wars as a bedtime story. Now, by the way, you've never heard the story of Star Wars unless you heard it told by D309. Because the whole story is very different. It's all about how R2 is the hero of the story. You know, well, of course. Yeah. Of course, it's the droid. Which I agree, R2 is the hero of the story. He's the only like, oh. he's the only character that keeps his memory through all nine uh exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I but I love how you know she would tell it and say, and R2 successfully navigated the X-Wing and destroyed the Death Star with a little help from the human Luke Skywalker. And you know, it was like <laughs> that kind of it was so much love fun. it. It was, it was a throwaway. You most people didn't even bother to check it i mean they the the when they took us into the room they pointed it out but that was it a lot of people didn't do anything with it but i checked it every time i was in there and every time it was different it was unbelievable so so yeah my um so i i could not say enough about it we were in tears the last day the day we woke up the next morning 
and and they kept the story to the letter like for example when kylo ren the night the second night shows up by the way first let me talk about bridge training we learned how to do bridge training was basically like this massive multiplayer video game on a huge screen everybody had different roles like sometimes your role was gunner and you would have to go shooting at stuff sometimes your role was to be cargo picking up you know loose pieces of cargo in space and you would have to do different devices and stuff and there were different types of things sometimes it's just monitoring and moving the shield around shield harmonics to keep you know the the missiles from hitting you and then what would happen is as we were doing training we did it when we were all in there the training was happening and when you do these things different parts of the story happen you can't all do bridge training at once so you know some guests did bridge training the first day where they may have just done the training and that was it. We did bridge training and then halfway through our training, we had to stop because apparently the first order, more ships had arrived and they were looking for the Millennium Falcon. And so we had to like actually do a mission and on the bridge that, you know, messed up the first order and, you know, we were successful except then the first order boarded. They, they basically put a, a blockade on our ship and took over the ship so we were part of the story when that happened so it was just incredible it was this incredible experience and you're seeing the story move forward later on when kylo ren shows up he literally uses the force to start tearing the ship apart and there's parts of the like a big huge spacey chandelier that starts falling and getting destroyed talk about detail the story ends everybody's happy the next morning but the ship is still in kind of in ruins or at least in partial ruins we wake up the next morning we're gonna check out the ship is still in <laughs> the chandelier is still dangling like it's still broken oh, you know wow. they, they didn't they, they paid such attention to the detail and to the story and to allow it to be so flexible with every single person mm. it was just unreal and as i said it transcended our fandom of Star Wars, and now we're like fans of the Halcyon, so much so that I'm really hoping that they that they figure out a way to let it continue, but in a in a more reduced way that could be more profitable for them, and you know that could maybe get more people to come, yeah, and, and do it. Um, it I, as far as things that I didn't like, I really can't tell you much, Mark. I mean, it was so good. And I saw very, I will tell you this, I saw exactly why it was a $6,000 expense. All right. I saw exactly where that was coming from because I just read off to you guys. There were literally four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. There were 14 live actors that didn't just act and play out a role. They had to improvise on be on all day long for us for like a 20 or not 20 maybe a 14 to 16 hour day mm. and then get you know i don't know if they went home or if they slept somewhere and then came back the early the next day but then they had to do that for two full days so that you know that you're paying you're paying actors equity you're paying a lot of money for that and for yeah. what i just re read recently that they had to actually two people on two people on call because for each actor because what if somebody got sick or got injured you know they'd have to have somebody come in and take it over so yeah it was expensive and every meal 
you it included a trip to Batu, which means it included admission into um, Hollywood Studios. There's like a hundred bucks right there, and it, and it included a meal at uh, at either um, Docking Bay Seven or um, Ronto Roasters, which are the two or or another place in, in Hollywood Studios at Counter Service. So, you know, when you when you really add it up, and you and you know all the people that were there that were doing housekeeping, all the people there that were keeping it clean, all the people, all the engineers that were there, it was. I I can understand that it was why it was the price it was, and I'll tell you where it really made would have made sense for people if they build it more as, as something that people would do, like friends would do, as opposed to families. Like if you, the three of us wanted to go and stay and instead of paying $6,000, we each were paying 2000, you know what I mean? Because that's a much more reasonable price for what you yeah. were getting to, to most people. Yeah. You know, now was it something that was it? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm getting to, you know, why you think it eventually what led to it being have to be shut down. Um, and the two things I've heard, and I just want to get your thought, was one, because it, it was geared so much to the super fan, to like someone who is like a huge Star Wars fan that if you went into it not as a fan, so they, they almost like they they built them, they, they broke themselves into a box where they were only going to be getting certain types of fans. They're only going to be getting the super Star Wars fans and that if you weren't really a Star Wars fan, so like my wife who's she she thinks the movies are okay. She's seen a couple of TV shows. She likes them. That she would be she wouldn't be. That if you're not willing to okay if you're not willing to put yourself into these characters and be this, and you're just like oh I'm just there. I'm just gonna see what's going on. You're not gonna have a good time because you're not involved. That you have to get involved to have a good time. Okay, uh, as I said early on, um, we had eight very different types of people. That were on our in our group. Um, now, now I will say that everyone is a Star Wars fan, but um, you know, not everyone is Darth Tuba. Okay, right. not everyone you know was 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 co-hosting a podcast for like eighteen months. Okay, I mean about Star Wars. It was most most people were you know my wife was a a a fan was especially into the more newer things that have come out since we you know since more recent since the disney acquisition but you know she came with me to see all the prequels we saw the original uh you know the special editions together so she knew the the cultural zeitgeist that is star wars yeah so she yeah. had some familiarity Karina and my daughter was the same way she created is a good example she was very very passive about it the first day the first whole day she was just taking it all in and she was just processing hmm. she still loved it she just was processing but she didn't participate like greatly until the second day. The second day, she really jumped in a little more, and and did a little bit more. We had one gentleman with us who um, he uh, actually a very you know prominent uh, community theater actor in our community, like locally. But he he just kind of dressed like kind of like a pirate, but almost like a regular pirate, like not even a Star Wars pirate. He had like a bandana and he had sunglasses. Oh, so he should on. Been part of Mondo's crew. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly he could have been like honda right so but he didn't really do anything he just kind of he just observed the entire time but he loved it he just because for, for him it was just like seeing theater it's not just theater in the round it's theater in every direction you look you're watching theater and and not only theater from the actors the professional actors 
but this kind of improvisatory thing happening with actors and guests. Some guests were jumping right in. We had a guest that was a guest, by the way, but people thought he was another one people thought was a cast member. He was dressed in his own way, like he was channeling. I wouldn't say he was full out identical to, but he was pretty darn close to Cad Bane. Huh. But he did it in a way that made perfect sense. He's very tall. In fact, he, they called him Tall Paul because his name was Paul. <laughs> he was very tall. He had to be with his hat, you know, with the with the hat. He was like he was he had to be like seven foot four. I mean, he was like that tall. And he had like the whole garb. He painted his face blue, and instead of doing the whole thing with the red eyes, he just put on like red aviator, red reflected sunglasses, and that's what he wore. And he wore them the whole time, so he looked like Cad Bane. But, yeah, he looked like he had that that look. Yeah, and 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 it was just. I mean, that was that wasn't a, He was a cast. He wasn't a cast member. He was a guest. He was a paying guest. And and that's what a lot of people were really good at, really into that. There were there were a handful. We did get. I will be. I will admit, we did chicken out at the end, but we did pick up some. Uh, what do they call them? The one way out uh, Andor pajamas from the prison. Mm. You know, the white with the orange. Oh yeah. We were gonna do. A, we were gonna do a, a one way out meetup at the end of the night. Um, we ended up chicken not so much chickening out because we didn't want to do it we were scared to do it. we were just so exhausted by that second night and we were just emotionally yeah. drained but there were about six other people that did show up for that so um so that was fun but uh I, yeah i as far as why it closed i don't think it was so much geared to uber star wars fans i think it was more it was more trying to to grab hold of the the whole idea of live action role play or mm -hmm. LARPing. Mm -hmm. And it was just doing it in a way that it just, it, it was just so hard. I, I honestly, if I'm going to blame anything on Disney, I would say the marketing was not ideal. Mm. I think that they, but, I, but in, in fairness to them, how the heck do you market this? Market, Yeah. How do you market it? You yeah. don't call it a hotel. It's essentially a living, breathing experience. That includes a stay there while you're living, breathing, and experiencing it. Yeah, you know that's basically what it is. And and I'll give this to say, I get you know, and a lot of people have said this. Disney deserves all the credit in the world for being innovative and doing something that that they probably back in the back of their minds. I'm sure that there were some people that knew that this was a a temporary thing to begin with because they've never done this before. Yeah, and it's impossible to predict what it's going to be. I mean, there's only a hundred rooms. So if you try to fashion something that was so inexpensive that anybody could do it all the time, then you would have to have a five-year waiting list. Yeah. And by then, who knows? They might want, you know, and, and I'm sure they're going to try to find a way to do that. Yeah. But I just um, honestly tell, you know, tell no. you, I, uh, marketing is about the only thing I think they could have done better, but I don't even know how they could have done that. Yeah. No. Now I know I know price was a big thing, and you you touched on that already. I also think that there was this with a lot of people because of some of the bad press Disney has gotten with other things that have gone on. You know, we won't go into because we don't get into that. That there were some people that already made up their minds that oh, I, this is going to well, be, you know. Look. Forget about that from the Disney angle. Star Wars fans 
Yeah. With, you know, some toxic, some toxic Star Wars fans. And listen, don't you can be critical of anything. You can be critical of every Ahsoka episode, every Andor episode, every Obi-Wan and Boba Fett, and right. every other thing that's come out since Disney's created content. But I will stand firmly by the fact that I'll take everything that they have offered, everything over Angry Bird Star Wars. Okay, or Family Guy and Robot Chicken Star Wars. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, and not that I have anything against Angry Birds or Robot Chicken and, and Family Guy. They were fun. But that's not what I want Star Wars to be. I want new stories. I want this world to continue to build. And this is, a, there's no better real world building than this. So as far as people that just wanted it to fail, well, all right. So you wanted it to fail. What What's that say about you? You know, is he just somebody that's so bitter about what? That Star Wars isn't the exact same thing it was in 1977 when you were like six and you went to see it? You know, I don't know what to tell you. You could be critical of it, but but this was something that if you didn't experience it, then you just, just get the hell out of the way. Pardon my language. But, you know, just, you know, yeah. if you didn't experience it, I did. And I'm not, and I don't consider myself an elitist snob or anything like that. I mean, you know, I, I don't mind telling you that that this was not something like we don't have money like this to just, you know, throw away to do this. OK, we okay. kind of had some we had, a, we, you know, my wife was able to, you know, when when she retired, she got a little bit of a benefit and that benefit we put towards this. And then, you know, like I said, we had an opportunity to do it for half price. So we kind of did it for three quarters price because we added our daughter to it. So, you know, it. Is it is it expensive? Yes. And and but here's the other thing to remember. When they announced that they were gonna close it, okay, they took one week. This is Disney, took one week and went because they think they said they closed it at the last voyage was the 28th. So anything past the 28th, if any other voyages were scheduled, I think they had some voyages scheduled for the rest of the calendar year through December 31st. So what did they do? They took a week. And they had them, or they called all the people that had scheduled voyages and said, do you want to rebook for sometime prior to September 28th, yeah. from like May to September? They did that for a week. Once they got all that settled out for one week, then they opened it up to guests for the rest of the voyages, whatever spots were available. Sold out in two hours. In two hours. Yeah. Now, now I will say this: it still wasn't a full voyage. All these voyages at the end of the year time, because our case is a good point. We went in July. Our room could fit five people, but there was only myself, my wife, and our daughter. So, what was happening were that there were people that were going on on Facebook groups saying, "I, I, if there are three people in a room, or even four people in a room that could fit five, I will pay you." the cost of the trip to let me bunk out on that fifth room, that fifth bunk. Wow. Okay. Now I did not partake in that. I didn't feel comfortable with that. I knew that, that you know, some people were okay with it. I was not, um, not for any reason. I just, you know, I had a lot else going on with this other group that we were traveling with. We didn't want to complicate things. So, right. um, but people were doing that for the whole rest of the summer, right in through September. Yeah. And then by the time you got to the September voyage, the, the last one, it was completely filled, packed. They were all filled, 
You know, they were all at 100% capacity. So what does that tell you? Yeah. You know, this that what it tells you is that there were people that probably really wanted to go on this, but they were just trying to save their money so that they could do it and not go into crushing credit card yeah. debt. Yeah. But yeah. then when they found out they were closing, we're like, well, crushing credit card debt be damned. I'm doing it, you know, and, and they just did it. So yeah, for some, like for me, I, I wish we had had something like that where they opened simultaneously where they had one in Florida, one in Southern California, because like while I may have been critical about some of the, the story elements of it, it was something I still wanted to participate in because I do like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um you know, I don't get to do LARPing a whole lot and not that I do it on a regular consistent basis, but like I've done murder mystery dinners and stuff like that. And I have fun mm -hmm. with those. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for me, that would be kind of the same experience, just, you know, protracted. And like, if they'd had something like that here in Southern California, I probably would have gone with a bunch of friends and we and split the cost as much mm -hmm. as we possibly could. Because at that point, then I think it would be worth it for me. I would have to fly all the way to Florida uh, from Central California, and that just the 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 flight to and from just yeah. for me would be at least five another five hundred dollars on top of whatever yeah. I'd have to be paying. And, for... and you have to give yourself at least two days hotel stay on the, on either oh, yeah. end. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. maybe you can leave the day of, but you got to give yourself a day to get there because you can't, you know, so you easily. You know what I mean? And, so and you're talking about an extra Orlando is not cheap. Right. So you're you're looking at when you put when you add it all up, you're looking at an extra grand for yeah, for you really. And that's so, not even yeah. counting what I might buy as an as like accessories or specialty drinks or anything like that in the park. It just, yeah, it, we I you know, you all you both speaking of that, you both know me to be a collector. So right. Uh, I, I did, uh, and, and this was like the one time Mrs. Megalio was very supportive of it because, well, I will say this, I did have in the early part of the summer before we got, I'm, I'm starting to thin out my collection. So I had a huge yard sale, garage sale of Star Wars merch and stuff that I've collected over the years. I didn't sell all of it. I just sell a bunch of it. And, uh, I was, it, let me just say it was very successful enough that I could literally, collect everything I wanted from the Halcyon gift shop without and 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 still have enough money to eat, you know, pay for all of our meals for the rest of our stay down in Florida. So yeah, it was it was successful. And that's kind of what I've been doing with my collection is kind of thinning it out and using that to get a few lesser items and you know enjoy our vacation. But mm -hmm. they had all sorts of great things. I mean some of the popular items were they had a Sabak deck from the Halcyon. They had a set of Sabak deck chips, like poker chips. That's um, cool. Yeah, they had the they, there was a not a lot of stuff that sold out by the time we were there in July, um, but there was a lot of jewelry that had started to sell out. Um, they had um, like S, S, the the two droids, the SK six two zero and the um, uh, D three zero nine action figures. Got a couple of those. Um, yeah, just you know, uh, there was a set of. You go in there and you 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 if you said uh I was wondering if you had any special merchandise, like you had to ask for it, like anything secretive, and they would they'll look around and make sure there were no first order, and they would show you they'd like pull open the secret drawer in, in the display and that from the bottom it would pop out and there would be like five pins that were special, kind of like Rose Tico special resistance pins that you would turn and it would turn into resistance pins. There was like a set of five of them. So really cool, different. Um 
very classy uh, stuff. So, yeah, they they uh, honestly, the critic, the, anybody who criticizes it, I mean, story wise, if you take it or leave it, I don't think it's a bad story. I think it's a good story that fits in in within the the, the big story. But it's again, it's it's going to be somewhat subtle. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I was with that. Um, now it's all been about, you know, what happens next, you know, yeah. what happens next with it. I really hope they don't shutter it fully completely. I'm sure it'll be shuttered for a while while they think about what to do. I understand that the last few voyages, they got some pretty intense uh, surveys asking very specific questions about specific things. Some of them were even paid surveys, um, which interestingly enough, I would not have been eligible because I had a master's degree. So apparently they didn't want people with master's degrees or bloggers. They just wanted other people, whatever. But not sure what, where that goes. I mean, people like to speculate what that means. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they can turn it around and do some type of a um, one day experience or maybe one night, one day, one night experience for, for a reduced cost. Uh, they were asking a lot of questions about the, um, the D309 interactive droid. I'm wondering if they're going to try to incorporate more interactive AI stuff so they don't have to hire as many cast members. Well, the, uh, the, the funny thing is you mentioned the cast members being there and pulling like these 14 hour shifts. And I'm like, you know, I mean, if they really ran it like, like an actual cruise ship, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're going to have people doing that, but like what happens when you do shift changes? Because like in a real sailing vessel or a real military vessel or whatever that they're trying to emulate that style off of, you know, Star Wars themed, of course, you know, where was the rest of the crew? I mean, if you only have a crew of like X number of people, I get that you need to, but shift changes do happen. You need people there for nighttime so that you don't have super well, worn out. Cast but, I, but I will, well, I will say this though, in the terms of the cast, that were the acting cast. There's, there were two types of cast members. Remember, Disney, everybody's a cast member. But you have right. the talent, which are all the characters that are in on the ship, of which there were about 12 or 13 or 14 of them. And then you had the rest of the crew. Those are the cast members that they're simply the ones that do the operating of, like they operate the hotel, quote unquote, portion of it. But they just have their own characters and they have their own way of kind of communicating with you so they i'm sure do shift changing all the way through and the actors they do seem to end things at like 10 o'clock at night like you know i mean like there was a there was a definitely like i'll give you one one example at the end of the second night we were having a conversation with captain keevan and at 10 o'clock like they said oh captain you have an important message and they would escort her away they you know because she her shift ended and they don't want her going into overtime or whatever. And, you know, plus she's been working since like 8 a.m. the morning of. So, so that, so the, yeah, and it is the same actor. Although I will tell you, Cuba, as things were wrapping up, um, she was talking to myself, my wife, and my daughter. And she would, the way she would talk would be like, So, where do you like to vacation in the galaxy when you're not on, you know, when you're not, or like when, you know, we had our story that we were from Naboo. I was like, well, when you're not on Nambu, where do you like to vacation? So we're like, so she's, are there any other? I've heard a lot of people talking about, you know, uh, places called Earth. And I was like, 
oh yeah, we've been to Earth. We've been to a place. We spend a lot of time in a place in Earth called Florida. She's like, oh, I have I have many friends who have been in Florida. In fact, and we talked about our daughter was working a shit boot as an artist in Hollywood Studios. So we kind of worked that in. And she's like, oh, I have friends there. In fact, I had a friend that was uh, actually worked there as a citizen of Hollywood named, uh, oh God, Paige Turner. And that was actually a character from the Hollywood studio that would walk around. And okay. she was basically, it's her way of saying that she, when you're friends with somebody, that's her way of saying that she actually played that character. And then all of a sudden she was like gravitated to her daughter, was talking to her about, you know, so... Are they treating you well there? Do you get enough? To, do, you, do you get enough breaks? Do you drink enough water because it's so hot there? You know, so all of a sudden it was like this this kind of like cast member you know interaction with my daughter. That's kind of cool. So nice. yeah. yeah, it was cool that they were able to figure out how to not break character, but kind but, of work it into something different. So, but then they nice. left, and that was it. And they, we don't see any after a certain time. All the main characters have gone away, and you just see the the crew so i That's hope cool. that they are able to do something i don't know what they had to do this thing where it's depreciating value so i think that means that they to take the loss on it they have to do nothing with it for a while i don't know how long that while is it might just be the rest of the year it might be just you know until fall of next year i don't know so um my hope is that they spend the next couple of months doing some type of you know data collection and maybe come up see if they can come up with something because you know it's such a great thing and i know they'll i know that they'll continue to do things in general with the knowledge that they've learned but um i don't know if it's going to be coming from there or not but even if they do bring it back and even if they do do something different uh, or sorry if they bring it back in a, in a different way it's going to be different than what we experienced so i am so grateful that i got to do it i got my Halcyon, my forever shirt. This actually went to. This was actually a fundraising thing somebody did, and it kind of went to I think Make a Wish, the you know the proceeds. So nice. I um I cannot say enough about it. I am so happy that I got a chance to do it. I'm sorry for those who wanted to and weren't able to do it. Um, and I hope that you know that that now there are all these meeting meetup groups that want to get together and you know meet and do meet at different places and do different things and just kind of celebrate the halcyon lady h they call it and being being on on the ship and talk there's a there's lieutenant croy fan clubs on facebook there are sammy fan clubs there are captain keevan fan clubs it's just become this whole little subset very subset fandom for star wars and that's cool yeah, and very cool. and there are great ways that it ties into the main thing there's a comic book that you can see there's been i, I just read a book princess and scoundrel Apparently, Han and Leia had their honeymoon on the Halcyon, where yeah. things, of course, go wrong. It was a great. Well, I know one of the um, one of the uh, Lego Star Wars Lego specials that they did on Disney Plus took place on the Halcyon. Yes, they had so, a whole. It, I think it was one of the Christmas specials. There that had a whole, or is it summer so, vacation? It was summer vacation. They were they were taking a summer vacation and, one, and that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that that it, they were very accurate when you saw the like the the atrium. They're like, hey, yeah, that is the atrium in Lego form. Cool, nice. But thanks cool. for giving me the opportunity to to talk about it. I, I, I absolutely, I, yeah, not really a problem. Uh, well, well yeah, you it's been a, whenever you can. 
Yes, definitely. Definitely. You're always welcome back on more of the stars. Um, thank yeah, I think this has been a really cool just talking to you, finding out about this. Um, as we kind of wrap things up, we uh went longer than we normally we've been going yeah, for a while, sorry. but I told hey, you no problem. Lot. No problem. You haven't been on for a while. It was cool talking to you. Um, good to catch up. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Will, as we wrap up, why don't we why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? Well, I'm still running my YouTube channel, Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing Show. And uh, you can find me there. I release episodes on Sundays and Wednesdays. I will be actually doing a Halcyon Hall episode. We can go through unboxing all the stuff. We haven't actually unboxed all of it yet. We're waiting. Um, Mrs. Darth Tuba and I are waiting for an opportune moment to, to do that together. And then um, also on, on X now, no more Twitter, uh, at Darth Tuba, Instagram, Darth Tuba. Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing page on Facebook. And you can email me, DarthTuba77 at gmail.com. All right. And Garrett, what about you? Where can people find you at? You guys can find me on uh, Instagram and X at GKJ underscore publishing, where I talk about my books. I talk about my show the right way and promote that. Uh, I just started season six uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, I've done two main episodes. did a live stream on Saturday. And you can find me by going to YouTube and searching GKJ Publishing. My show is called The Right Way, where we talk book recommendations, author interviews, and creative writing tips. This season, the creative writing tips are focused primarily on learning how to write poetry. So uh, one of the fun things that I did is I've consolidated all my content. And so instead of just doing three episodes a month like I normally was doing, uh, it's one big episode with maybe a couple of small uh, special episodes here and there, but uh, followed by a, uh, a live stream. Uh, but I've taken the segments, uh, the individual segments that I'm, I'm promoting on the, each episode and putting them back into their own separate playlist so that if people don't want to skip all the way through just to get to the author interview, they can go and find that. Nice. Awesome. Well, of course, right here at War of the Stars, if you want to get a hold of us, the easiest, to, easiest way to do that is our email that is warthestars1 at gmail.com. We are on X. That is also our channel for X, a.k.a. Twitter, or as we like to call it, Twix. Um, <laughs> X, yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you. That was here. So. Um, that is our, all other social medias are under War of the Stars. We are, of course, a member of the Geek News Now Network, which we are now available on, which is now available on um, I, I I can't remember the name of it. We're on TuneIn Radio, okay, and iHeartRadio. Uh, so that is cool. Um, uh, we are. It is GNN is the exclusive home now for War of the Stars. So just go to GNN.com or go to our Spotify page or all the other wherever fine podcasts are heard, and look us up, and you can find us and other shows. Uh, there, a little news, sad news, um, for the time being, our other show, my other show, Star Wars to the Eyes of a Child is taking a hiatus. Um, mm. Lily's just not interested right now in doing it. Yeah. So, um, hopefully that will be coming back. But for right now, we are focusing on more of the stars and we thank everyone for joining us on this adventure and hope for many more adventures and discussions of star wars uh so with that being said 
is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way.